One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello. I had a package and I'm feeling a bit reticent to talk about it because I'm sure someone, by someone I mean you, gave someone our, this person my home address, but I just had a package like, like on my doorstep a month ago and it just, as in someone had brought it to my door, like it wasn't posted and it was just these two shirts that said Prosecco Princess on them and it was like, hi Grace, like love... AWD or something. Oh, wait. Yeah, no, I don't have one because you have my one. I have one. I have yours, yeah. Um, very excited. It's an AWD girly who makes T-shirts. Oh, amazing. Do they make them for us to say Prosecco Princess or that's the line of T-shirts? She makes heaps of different slogans. They're really cute. They're like pink and red, which I think is a very dynamic color combination that we should have capitalized on. I think we did, didn't we, for one of our hats? One of our new hats. One of the new hats, yep. Yep. This is what's so great about the pod is you just walk out your front door, there's a shirt that's been hand-delivered that says Prosecco Princess <laughs> on it, you get on with your day. Do you know what I got emailed the other day? What? Best PR package ever. I should actually send them your address, but I know you won't care. It's um, Snoop Dogg has like either created a line of wine or he's on a line of wine and this random you know like a random PR email where it was just like hi all blah 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 let us know if you'd like one I was like I for sure want one so that's getting delivered to my house oh you haven't got it yet I'd be interested for a taste test from Snoop I'm not I'm not confident in his in his (laughs) wine like wine mm. Feels like the kind of thing he'd like slap his name on, but yeah, I'm willing to be proven wrong. <laughs> Could be wrong. We've taken to doing, um, before we record, we've taken to doing some minty bee chickens, which is proving nice. Every workplace should have a morning minty bee check-in instead yeah. of a stand-up or a, some <laughs> a sort whip. of horrible productivity-based meeting. It's important. I think so. I think like when people, when Remember when we used to work in magazines and then you'd have like a one-on-one with your manager and you'd just use it as like a therapy session, or I did mm. anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, I was like, sort of. I'd be like, well, I'm two steps away from a fucking breakdown. How about you? How about you, Kate? Um. <laughs> Sorry, I know no one can check in on your mental well-being at most workplaces because they won't like the answer and they can't do anything to fix it. I know. Whereas we can. You can care for each other. Yeah. We just had a little check-in where I just told Grace all of my current ADD it's really funny learning more about ADD and realizing just how much of like everything I do <laughs> is focused mm-hmm. around this fucked part of my brain. Like just the way I, like yesterday, for example, I was working at home all day, had a meeting in my calendar, knew about it, had talked about it that day, and then <laughs> went, drove 15 minutes to meet my friend for lunch at 3 p.m somewhere completely like really far away from my not really far but just like on the other side of town to my house and then I was just sitting there eating lunch and then I got a ding being like meeting in 10 minutes and I was like oh oh my god for god's fucking sake like and then I set my alarm to like cancel therapy so that I'd cancel it two days in advance so I wouldn't get charged and then like the alarm went off and I just ignored it and then I was like oh wait now it's too late to cancel therapy (laughs) so I guess I'm doing that then I skipped my French lesson last week because I had a little minty bee and then I realized I can't skip this week because then I won't understand any single thing they say and I booked a trip away. I think it's important not to beat yourself up when these little things happen because I think everyone can relate to that string of events, even people without ADHD. I think it's human. But I also think something I've been trying to think about lately is I'm just someone with zero attention to detail like those things like looking at something and just missing a meeting telling myself I'll remember something and then just never writing it down anywhere not having a calendar not like just chaos and I I think I listened to like a diary of CEO episode where it was one of those slightly annoying kind of productivity hack guys but he was saying that the or maybe it was just Stephen Bartlett I can't remember basically just saying that success in your life comes from hyper focusing on small details and really caring about like little elements all through your day all through your work and that the bigger picture stuff will then flow on from there and I've been trying it and it's it's pretty good (laughs) yeah that sounds very spot on mine is like procrastinate 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 and then you feel so guilty about something you feel sick but then you feel so sick that you're like, well, now I can't do it because I'm about to have a breakdown because I feel so sick and overwhelmed. Because it's gone so far. Another thing I, I, off the back of that thing of procrastinating and feeling sick about it, another tip I heard in one of these pods, when you write down your to-do list, you, ne- you need to do what I always do is tick off the stuff that I want to do first. And then you just run out of steam and get bored and this person said, when you do a to-do list, you have to pick the thing that makes you feel sick, that looking at it just makes you want to die. That has to be the first thing you do every day. Mm. And I've been doing that, I was, <laughs> I was about to say all this week, which is Monday and half of Tuesday, but I'm liking it so far. Like I've been putting off idea. doing my tax return for so long and it was on my to-do list probably every day for like five months. And it would just always be the thing where I was like, oh, I ran out of time now, I guess I can't do it. And then I, was, I thought, Monday, this is the thing that makes me sick. I'm going to do it. And it took me, I want to say, two hours max mm-hmm. for all the mental anguish it's caused me. Yeah, seriously. 
I um, like to write to-do lists and then not look at them. And then the mm. entire day is just the next day now because I did nothing plus the things that I didn't have to do for that day. Like often I'll just yeah. leave it and leave it and leave it. And then I'm suddenly like, now I've just got to add the podcast to that. Now I've just got to add like this to that. Sometimes I'll like do a menial task and then write it down after I've done it and then cross it off. <laughs> So oh, my list same. looks like it has more full things on it. Same. I started on my I started on my Google Calendar. Um, I told you right that therapy was <laughs> my therapist was like, why don't you start using a Google Calendar? I was like, I can't believe I'm paying someone to tell me these things. How do they even work? But I like actually need someone to tell me these things. But I just feel so stupid that I'm paying someone so much money to be like use a Google Calendar. <laughs> and then now I've started doing it. And then and I've I have different colors for every activity. So like work is red, podcast is blue exercises yellow etc and then I and then I fully put out the time in each thing and then put like an alarm before and then I write done in caps beside everything I do haven't looked at it this week though special but yeah that's nice done I love it done crossed off mine will be like make breakfast done make a coffee done Done. breathe (laughs) expel oxygen okay lots on the docket lots on where should we begin to quote Esther Perel? <laughs> we could begin there. We could begin there, actually. So Esther Perel, haven't checked in with Esther for a minute. And um, I walked to Soho on Friday. I just needed a solo day on my own. And I went to see a movie at the BFI. And the walk is like an hour and a half. So I was trying to find some good pods to listen to. And I thought I'd dip back into Esther. And she she doesn't, she doesn't do the where should we begin ones as much anymore, which I hate because they're always so pervy and <laughs> yeah. insightful. But she started doing this one where she people send in their questions. And I think if she gets a lot of the same questions, she just picks someone as, to answer kind of recurring things. And then she just does like a half an hour phone call therapy session with them. And there's one called, am I, am I too sensitive or am I being, am I being gaslit or am I just too sensitive? It's one of the most amazing things I've listened to. And I literally feel like every single young woman, sorry, I'm just moving on a second because I think something's making a noise back here. Just a sec. Okay. Clap, clap, eh? Hello. Sorry. I just talked to him while you were gone, like a little freak. Say? I see I clapped because we have to clap so that like we just clap to, um, <laughs> to show her there's like something that needs to be cut. I clapped and then I go clap, clap, eh? <laughs> and I was like, that's so creepy. <laughs> That's very surreal. We should keep that in. This, we, this podcast can become like performance art. Like keep it in, M pocket. Yeah, break the fourth I wall. Keep that bit in too. <laughs> yeah, keep it all. Keep it all. Yeah, and it's basic. I literally feel like every, I mean, every person, but I think women especially should listen to this episode. I've listened to it three times now. Oh my god! Because it just. It's basically this incredibly smart, well-spoken, really sweet 35-year-old woman who's in this relationship with a guy where 
They're constantly having fights and he's kind of constantly undermining her sense of self in these really nefarious ways. So like an example she uses at the start, she's basically like me and my boyfriend always had this fight where I think he's gaslighting me and he just says I'm being too sensitive. And I just think that's a dynamic so many people recognize, can recognize. And she said examples will be like they're driving somewhere on a long drive and she'll say I'm hungry. And he'll be like, no, you can't be hungry. We ate a couple of hours ago. And then she'll be like, oh, yeah, maybe I'm not actually hungry. And then she kind of has to like continuously put her foot down to assert how she's actually feeling in all of these situations. So the hunger one is just like a small thing, but then there'll be things like she came back from a therapy session and she'd had a really bad kind of uh, hectic, you know, intense therapy thing. And she came back to the house and just felt really like uh, vulnerable. And then he just started having a go at her And then she said, stop shouting. She said he was just shouting and shouting and shouting. And then she said, stop shouting at me. And then it turned into this like two hour long conversation about what constitutes shouting and what the like dictionary definition of shouting is. And she ended up apologizing to him for calling what he was doing shouting (laughs) instead of him apologizing for his behavior. And it's all these like tiny little things that aren't like quote unquote emotional abuse or but are just make you question your sense of self and your sense of reality. They're just a bad relationship dynamics. And I think people can find themselves in that place and don't, it happens so slowly that they don't know it's happened. They don't understand that it's like, they can't pinpoint where it's happened. And so they keep questioning themselves because they're like, I can't be in a bad relationship, right? Because I'm a really strong, independent person. And if I was in a bad relationship, I would have left. And it kind of is just this voice of reason coming in and explaining to her every single thing that you want like an adult in the room to come and say and you just hear her in real time starting to click and get it and you hear her making all these justifications and then hearing herself making them and realizing she's become like this person that she it's it's just amazing it's also i think in those situations in those relationships because it's not as you say like it's 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 her being like i'm hungry and him being like you're not that hungry you ate two hours ago that's not on its own a, a yeah. gaslighting, you know? And, and it's like, it's like my boyfriend would literally say that to me <laughs> because he would literally yeah. be like, we just ate, like you're actually not hungry. And it's when it's piled into like all of these other ways where he's like making you question, like just, it's like, it's like those, I think the, the thing that's the hardest about those relationships is when you single out specific things, it's not a thing. It's when it's put together and it's the way it makes you feel and it's the way it makes you like, um, it's the way they kind of, cause I started listening to it last night after I saw on the, on the doc that you'd put it in, but I didn't finish it. But she was saying how he's re- he's like a really, really, really nice guy around his friends. And then when they're alone, he'll kind of do things where he'll, um, put, it's sort of, it's as if to put her, it's like, as if one of those relationships where they want to put you down so that you don't feel good enough to leave them. Like they're so mm. insecure that they want to, put you kind of so he wasn't she saying something like he has opinions on everything about what she's doing and whether it's right or wrong and her friendships and her work and her thing and like you're not doing this right you're not doing that right or yeah uh, yeah yeah and she's just like I know she was just like I know I'm amazing I know that I'm good at my job I know that I have good friendships like I don't need this man 
telling me what, what is what is what. And then, but then I think I remember my friend, one of my, my literally one of my best friends in the entire world, was in a relationship with a guy who was very similar to this. And I was like, fucking hell! Like he just will never do something that will that she will be able to say outright this is really bad he's cheated on me he's texting another woman like it's over like he'll never do Mm. something that's like outright plain say to anyone they'll say leave him he'll just do these little tiny things he'll make these little tiny remarks I think I've talked about on the podcast before when he would say like they'd be out for dinner and he'd just point out like other beautiful women and never say she looked beautiful and it would like Mm -hmm. it's like that's a dickish thing, but it's not enough to dump someone. And it just makes you slowly feel worse and worse and worse about yourself and smaller and smaller as time goes on. A hundred percent. I think that's the reason it resonated with me so much was like when I was way, way, way younger, but just had this really, really bad relationship dynamic with someone who constantly flirted with other women (laughs) and like texted them in inappropriate ways and like would add girls on fucking Facebook after just not just bad and anytime I brought it up it would end up being a fight about how I was too insecure and I was too jealous Mm -hmm. and I like had a problem and then I would end up apologizing for bringing the thing up and I just remember that feeling of just slowly going insane where you're like sense of yourself is removed you're like you don't you don't trust your own thoughts and opinions anymore you don't you think oh maybe I am just a crazy fucking person that gets jealous of every single girl that comes along and then when you're out of it and then you internalize that narrative that they're giving you to justify their behavior. And then when you're out of it, you feel so angry at yourself that you were such a fucking pushover. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then that's another journey you have to go on. And I just think that if I'd heard something like that when I was a teenager, that would have just been so helpful for me (laughs) because I think when you're a certain type of more passive people pleasery person, you just attract people like that because most people just wouldn't put up with, I don't even know about most people, but I think a lot of people would see red flags early, but there are a lot of people that just are too quick to assume they're in the wrong and almost like the messaging that, no, you're just hearing this wrong. Your, your feelings are wrong. Like your feelings are wrong here (laughs) as opposed to like both our feelings are valid. How do we figure this situation out? She was even saying, because is there Peral was saying, do you know what? Do you know why I don't listen to those that much? It's because sometimes I just don't understand, like, what she's saying because of the way she explains things. And then I'm always, like, <laughs> I'm always, like, listening to these people on the phone and I don't get how they get what she's saying immediately, but they just do. Like, they're never, they're never really, like, what do you mean? And I feel like mm. every time she says something, she says it in this kind of roundabout way where she sort of asks the questions back to you and you're supposed to grasp what she's saying. And I think my brain, like, the way my brain works... I'm not like a hearing learner. So I'm just yeah, like, right. I literally don't get what you're going on about. I think one I listened to, the girl was like, what? And I was like, yes, yeah. what? But um, yeah, she, how, she, I mean, I understood this, how she was just being like, what would you do if one of your friends was saying this to you? And she was like, yeah. well, I would tell her to leave if she was saying this. But at the same time, she was like, but you're not understanding all of these other things that contribute to why I've why I'm staying, which is so... I think that's so spot on. Like I remember like, trying to explain to a therapist once and just be like, you obviously don't know because you she was like, he's putting in work. He's working on himself. He's, he's making all these changes. I know he truly loves me. I know he doesn't mean to make me feel like shit, blah, blah, blah. And then she said, 
that he listens to Esther Perel. Classic fuckboy. I was like, I hope you fucking listen to this episode, you piece of shit. Well, he will, but he won't even, he won't hear a fucking thing. That's the thing. That guy who's, and she talks about him like screaming at her in the car and then getting out of the car literally a minute later and knocking on the door of their friends and just flipping to the most charismatic, likable thing guy. That must just be the shittest feeling. It just, sometimes it is, I liked that tension between her saying there's all of these extenuating circumstances is more complicated than just leaving. And Esther Perel kind of saying, it isn't, it isn't. Sometimes you need that 360 zoomed out person who doesn't see the minutia and doesn't seeing, see him being sweet 90% of the time and doesn't see the apologies to get you to clearly see your situation and yeah. to be like, this will only improve in increments. It's not going to suddenly 360, like 180 and get better. 360. Um, 360. <laughs> 360 stays the same. <laughs> Um, there was one other thing I was going to say with that. Oh yeah. Just the thing you mentioned about your friend. I think this episode really empowered me. Not that I have literally any friends who have relationships like this in my life, but like just to feel like you can speak up as a friend. I think she, I imagine, and Esther Perel insinuates that her friends have probably picked up on some of this shit, but people always just feel way too awkward to intervene in other people's relationships because it is uncomfortable because if the friend is like, what the fuck, they might not want to hang out with you anymore. But I think sometimes we go too far the other way where it's like, if you see your friend isn't being treated super nicely or you see your friend's partner makes a dig at them over the table at dinner or like says you can pull your friend aside afterwards and be like, that wasn't very nice. Like I clocked that, you know? Yeah. Is that something that happens a lot? Like I think creating that culture and almost creating account- accountability in a friendship group where people are attuned to that and will say, wait, what? Why did you say that? <laughs> yeah, I think that's important. It's just hard because you don't want to like isolate them. Like you don't want them to just be mm. like, oh, I won't bring him to dinner again because she noticed this. And then suddenly it's like they're pulling away, which is like yeah. I think it's very important to do it. I just think it's also you have to be aware of you don't want them to to like – yeah, pull away hard. from you because they're instead of pulling away from their partner so it's such a tricky one i also liked uh the final thing i'll say on this is just how esther perel is just so she doesn't talk about people in binaries which i know is very obvious but i even hearing about this girl's boyfriend had this tendency to be like oh none of his good qualities are real he's just pretending and he's this this bad quote-unquote bad person as opposed to the reality which is like people just replicate bad behaviors they've seen in relationships and just can actually be great in all other areas of their lives but not very good at certain things in a relationship and they're not a bad person they're just a person that needs to do a lot of self-work before they can be you know just kind of reframing that conversation I think is helpful because I think even if your partner is acting in ways like that that you don't feel are appropriate in terms of how they communicate it's so much harder to get your head around if you're like okay well they have to be a bad a quote-unquote bad person because you're going to see so much evidence that they're not a bad person and it's going to confuse you as opposed to like they're a person they they have a lot of good qualities and they have these bad qualities and that's what the conversation is 
Yeah, exactly. That's what she kept saying. She was just like crying, being like, but we're best friends and he is a good person. Like, I don't want him to think that I'm speaking to you because he's a bad person. I was telling him he's a good person. And it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that can be true. He can be a good person and just not a good boyfriend and not right for you and make you feel like shit. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't know. I'm just like, if you're calling Esther Perel two years in, (laughs) please. (laughs) Exactly. Also, I was like, oh my God. Like, do every Irish, I love Irish accents so much, but I was like, or Irish, she sounded so much like this Irish girl I know, but I think Irish people just sound similar because of that accent. I think the Southern Irish, yeah, one is, they're all quite similar. The North is a bit more variety. Right. (laughs) I know, it's crazy that people in England sound like completely different when they live like. 15 minutes up the road <laughs> i love irish accents i think they're my favorite it's yeah it's really they're good also one. so funny like irish people are the funniest yeah out of everyone yeah ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I have been watching the new season of Sex Education. Love. I'm not one to like cling on to a show like that. Like I'm, I get really over things really quickly. If something has multiple seasons, I'll just drop off. And with Sex Education, jumped back in because it just came out earlier this week. And fuck, it's good. It's so good. Every single time. It's just brilliant it also feels like it's kind of growing up a little bit at the same time as having those same dynamics um you know between the cast it's also just like growing up a bit and some of the other themes it's exploring I don't know I'm just like fucking a plus I watched the first episode today so I could talk to you about it I almost feel like I maybe wouldn't have watched it and unless we were talking about it and then as soon as I watched it I was like this show is just fucking amazing like it I just know. is it's just so I'm great I'm so invested it's... in like Maeve being at that high school Dan Levy is in it yes. now and um yes. what's her face Hannah Gadsby Hannah Gadsby <laughs> yeah I was like okay great additions here we are like I want to know if Maeve gets her internship with Dan Levy who's her professor at this bougie school is she at Harvard or something like where is she she's just at some yeah, I don't know well I don't know because they're like filming it in 
They're filming it in England, but acting like it's America. So I don't know where she's gone. If she's gone to school overseas, has she gone to England for real? She's at some fancy uni and yeah, it's, it's good. I, I really like it. I think that shows so good. It just manages to do like inclusivity in this way where it just never feels annoying. You know how so many things now, the way like it just it just lands so wrong or it feels really earnest and like a bit the guardian-y, like a bit kumbaya, but like sex education just, I don't know what it is. It just manages to do it in a way that feels so real and so like cool and funny and like relaxed. It's not like walking on eggshells and worrying about getting it right because they're obviously just so thoroughly like researched and aware, but it just, yeah, I just think it's, in a class of its own. But it's also like we were just talking about Esther Farrell and it being such a good resource for people to listen to that podcast episode. And it's like you watch Sex Education and every single episode they're dealing with like 4 billion different themes for like young people, whether it's as simple as Amy getting a crush on someone Maeve used to kind of date. And she's like Mm -hmm. to Otis, do I need to talk to my friend about this if I have a crush on someone I used to kind of she used to kind of date and Otis is like, yes, you should be up front with your friend. And I'm like, that mm. is so <laughs> groundbreaking when you're a 16 year old. Like that's happening to like every single 16 year old in the world. And then oh, just like, so just things with sex, things with, yeah, gender identities. It's just crazy. It's so good. And they're like, it's really explicit. Like, I just love that it doesn't, I know that's always been their thing. And in the first episode, I was like, yeah, they're like, really go for it. There's like cum shots. Yeah. <laughs> there's tits. There's big honking vibrators. And I guess I guess what I mean as well with it exploring, I basically got to like episode three and I was like, oh, are we just going to have like the same sort of dynamics between the the high schoolers or whatever? But then it's like, it's um, Otis's mum, like, obviously has postnatal depression. Like, it's, like, showing mm-hmm. a mother having postnatal depression and what that looks like. That's mm-hmm. so important. It's showing Adam's dad working out his, like, shit and going to therapy and learning how to talk about his emotions and maybe get back together with his mum. Like, I don't know. It's got I – know, I know it's always kind of had that adult stuff in it, but I feel like they sort of had less problems and it was sort of more focused on the kids' problems and now it's, like, widening up. Which I really like. Yeah. The only thing I find so funny is I'm just the the guy who plays Eric, he just steals the show in such an insane way. Yeah. And I'm like, it's just funny that I just feel like the guy who plays Otis is almost <laughs> the weak link. I'm like, yeah, I know you need a straight man and I do like him. But I just feel like Eric is the real star. Yeah, it's also funny how Otis is like one of is literally the main character and he is a white straight guy he's getting kind of chubby chubby. (laughs) i was like otis has changed and no one else has changed he's got this cute little chubby cheeks now (laughs) i wonder if that was actually his his flaccid penis in those pictures it probably Probably was knowing the show knowing the show your flaccid penis wouldn't that like then get them in trouble it'd be like the idol they'd be like this show acts really inclusive but they made me shave my penis put it on projector i'm just so thrilled for the generation below us that just gets access to all this shit like what we've just talked about 
Esther, I don't know if they're listening to much Esther Perel, but you know, sex education, TikTok, it's just TikTok, a whole different yeah. world. I know. They get so oh, cocky though, it. those youngins. Then they get cocky and they come into work, worked about a day and they're asking for like 80 grand. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we won't get your coffee. <laughs> Go and get my dry cleaning. Like the rest of us had to. Something I thought they would address, and I've only seen one episode, so maybe they do, but it's just like the fact that Gen Z have really low rates of having sex. Like a lot of them just don't want to have sex. I thought that would be an interesting thing in a show that's so explicit about sex is to actually maybe look at a generation that just isn't as interested in it. Millennials, yeah. just we grew up in such a horny culture, talking mm-hmm. about the Ashton Kutcher stuff, like that whole... Girls Gone Wild, Playboy, Girls of the Playboy Mansion, MTV. Victoria's Secret. But yeah, it was like a horny, horny culture. Everything was sexualized. Yeah. Now everything's like desexualized. Love. Love. A sexless society. It's perfect. Speaking of sex, actually. Speaking of sex on a gondola in Venice. Oh. Yeah, a cursed tale. I missed this completely. I like literally did not see that Kanye West had his butt out in Venice, Italy. I know. I think everyone felt really like squirmish as I do about reporting on it. The Daily Mail obviously got the pictures and published them. Yeah. And I think they went, they went like around the world, but there was no, there wasn't many like explicit headlines about it because it almost felt too horrible to talk about yeah like too too gross and weird i yeah Yeah. for sure because it is gross and weird but it's just like i don't know i think not that we need to be talking about it but it just i hadn't seen anything about him and his wife for so long and then that happened bianca i can't believe she's australian i can't get over her being australian i can't believe her talking i can't get over her talking in an australian accent to him yeah, yeah, and he like she brought him back to meet her family, I think, and they're just from like the burbs. <laughs> An insane so meeting. But then I looked at all these photos, and she's just wearing nude leggings everywhere. There's two things happening here that are worth talking about, which is Gondola Gate happened. That was that was pretty sus because they were in a really packed, busy, crazy area and people were clearly taking photos all around them. So I think that gave that plus the way Bianca is dressing and then a few days ago this thing in Florence where they were in the middle of somewhere in Florence full of like tourists and locals freaking out and... Kanye was like positioning her in the crowd and taking like Jado photos of her in her body stocking. And people are starting to think it means that she's in this coercive controlling relationship and people are finding it very unsettling to watch it play out, which I feel like we need to tread carefully about talking that way. Why are they saying that? Because cause Kanye is like dressing her like he did with Kim and Julia. Yeah, like he's dressing it almost like a, a, a mannequin and it seems mm-hmm. like she's just being moved around and just doing whatever he wants and dressing the way that 
that he wants and i think the boat thing gives off there's something about like a blowjob in particular i think that gives off this vibe of like yeah being uh subservient or blah 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 but i think that's kind of only one way of looking at it i'm not we just don't know <laughs> she's also smiling like crazy and like all of she the photos smiling heaps yeah exactly and i'm like for a fashion girly who's worked at yeezy for years being dressed and like flown around the world first class and getting this wardrobe by Kanye and being his muse is something you would actively love to do. Not everyone would love to do it, but if that's the t- like, if you live and breathe fashion and are really admiring of him and his work, you can't just jump to the idea that therefore because he's dressing her in clothes, that means that she's powerless in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't really get... So I know we've talked about this vaguely before, but how on LinkedIn it says that she's an architect at Yeezy and she has been for two years. And then the cut was like, West Company has seemingly only completed one architectural project in the last five years. A small collection of prefab dome houses inspired by the Star Wars planet Tatoon... I've never seen Star Wars, that were reportedly designed as low-income housing and built on a dry plot of land near West Calabasas' home. Unfortunately, county officials ordered the homes to be demolished in 2019 (laughs) after West failed to secure necessary building permits. I'm just like, what is her job? It's so funny. Architect at Yeezy. That will never not be so funny. I know. It's it's great. It's, I think... I'm just more stuck on the fact that he's so he's so stuck on this like old aesthetic. It's like this it's like the Yeezy 2014-2015 aesthetic with the body stockings. I just think it looks really dated. It just makes him look a bit jarre. Yeah, I agree. Anything. The leggings are not good. <laughs> but they seem happy in all the photos I've been seeing of them. Yeah, she's like grinning and smiling and lo- I just think this idea that yeah. We don't know behind the scenes, yeah. Yeah, when he's taking the photos of her in the crowd with heaps of people around, you would think if he, if this was, I know obviously it's some kind of performance art, what he's doing, but you'd think if this was like some really serious thing where he was like, okay, you need to stand like this, you need to pose like this, she wouldn't be breaking character and cracking up laughing. Yeah. Like in, in, in heaps of the photos where he's taking photos of her and moving her around, she's literally laughing as if it's silly and fun. She's not being, she's not super serious as if she's a paid model. I also think everyone has to remember that Kanye's a bi king and he like loves dressing up girlies. That's like one of his favorite things to do. He did it with Kim. He did it with Julia. It's his love language. <laughs> Are we like justify? I, I get that like telling your partner how to dress is in theory fucked, but I just feel like this is a different example than I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if we're going too far in the other direction. But, like, yeah. in terms of telling your partner how to dress, I love people giving me advice on how to dress. Yeah, there's, a, di- there's a difference. If your partner has great taste and you're mm. like, please yeah. help me with this, like Kim did with Kanye, that's people trying to retroactively – I've seen a bit of that. People trying to retroactively act as if his behavior with Kim was fucked. I'm like, if you don't think Kim Kardashian was the most thrilled she's ever been in her life when he came in with that fucking – team to just cull her 
Hervé Leger bandage dresses mm-hmm. and usher in a new era, you're insane. Like that she's literally about it is the reason times. she's a billionaire. Like yeah. that gave her so much cultural capital and power and is the reason she is the person she is today. That that just isn't an example from everything we've seen and know from a family that shows a lot unless something comes out later on and I'm sure he was a very hard person to be in a relationship with that was a literal like collaboration between <laughs> two creative well, same with brands Julia Fox. and the same with Julia Fox like don't you wouldn't he wouldn't be dating Julia Fox if he wanted someone to be subservient or quiet or to do what he wanted yes and she was so outspoken about I'm doing this for free shit and to become famous. She has basically just said that. Yeah, he was showering her with Birkins on her birthday. Like, he's the cock. If anyone. (laughs) I think the problem now is we've heard Kim Kardashian and Julia Fox and Amber Rose talk so much. We know that they're powerful women. Yeah. But with Bianca Sensori, I think because no one's ever heard her speak, she's not famous, she doesn't have an Instagram presence, she, does, like, she doesn't ha- seem to have power of her own in that way. The dynamic from people looking on the outside feels off and feels uh, weird to watch. Mm-hmm. Quite iconic how she deleted her Instagram when she started dating him. Like I doubt he would make, he would force her to, but I don't know. He was in a particularly bad place when they yeah. hooked up. Yeah, and I think the, the like very quick wedding, the very quick fake wedding isn't. <laughs> I was to get back at Kim, I'm sure. I'm sure well, also he said something like no sex before marriage, but then they fake, got fake marriage. <laughs> so I'm like, that doesn't even count, does it? That's what the Beavers did. Yeah. Do you think? No way. You think they had not had sex until they got married? Yes. No fucking yes, way. Yes, no, yes. They that hadn't had sex. Nuts. They'd had sex before. Right. And then when they got back together, for sure, they didn't have sex until they got married. That's why they got married in like three months. I know that for, I would put fucking my life on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they got married. Uh, Christians, Christians, Christians. Yeah. What are they thinking? So gotta try before you buy <laughs> that's what i always say we're being so problematic this episode <laughs> like kathy griffiths came out and was just like i'm troubled by this and i'm like it could all proven to be correct and we could be wrong but i just think it's it's a big fucking thing with as little information as we have it's a big thing to see bianca sensori in like an ugly body stocking <laughs> And say therefore. And shout abuse. <laughs> and say abuse. <laughs> that is abuse. Spousal abuse. It kind of is. That's like, she's holding that yeah. purple pillow in front of her. In front, she's wearing completely nude top to toe stockings and then holding a big purple pillow to cover her. That is abusive. It's, yeah, because it's ugly, but people think it is because it's, <laughs> you can see her body, like you can see her tits as well. And I think this is a very, difficult complicated conversation because this like hyper porny like super sexualized vision of of femininity is so Kanye's thing like he just loves it when Kim Kardashian does it we're not unsettled by it but when it's an interesting thing but like when women but we 
we can't figure out how they actually feel we feel concerned that says something about the aesthetic being like a bit fucked in general it's quite nice everyone's just like we want it we want a heads up from the girly that you're doing okay yeah we want a heads up from the girly i think that's it (laughs) i just want a little like blink twice yeah (laughs) and we need like some britney-esque like tiktoks we're red we're red leggings if you're happy oh yeah we're <laughs> we're another carry a yellow suit pillow. if you're sad ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is there's such a thin line now between like this idea of 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 course if you're a young beautiful woman or just any but like for her you're going to be attracted to an extremely powerful extremely creative tortured artist of a man that that's just it's like a trope for a reason but then when you're in that relationship part of what attracted you to it creates a dynamic where you know what I mean it's like she's flying around the world but I'm sure she probably doesn't have an apartment of her own or she probably doesn't she's probably not getting paid like he's just paying for things that dynamic is like fucked yeah I think that's like not even a dynamic. That's a dynamic. That's such a common dynamic between yeah. if you if you're dating like a really rich guy who you mm-hmm. live it, they buy the house that you live in. You maybe give up work to have kids. Like it's you're kind of it's it's fucked up and it's not okay. But I feel like it's just it's sort of like this this weird. I mean, if they're not an asshole, but I think yeah. A weird thing it's it, it creates a, a, a dynamic in which abuses of power are very can easily happen yeah for sure you have a fight and you're pissed off at them what you can do to them is so much thing than what they can do to you and also feeling like you have nowhere to go because you're living in like the house they bought and stuff i just hate i hate that thought of that feeling yeah i think that's what people are seeing and a feeling it's getting it's putting their backs up a little bit. And I, I I can totally understand that. I can I can see why people are having that response. But I also think this idea that I don't I, I think you're missing something about <laughs> I don't know, fashion and creativity and art to 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 automatically assume that that she has no autonomy or say or active interest in being part of this dynamic of partaking in his like performance art projects or how he uses fashion i'm sure she's very interested and engaged and like excited by his mind or even as um julia fox said like just along for a fun ride yeah it's a crazy experience probably just like this isn't gonna last forever i'm gonna lap it up travel the world have a bit of great story for the grandkids yeah but yeah, I don't like. Obviously, we don't know what's going on. We're not saying she's not in an abusive relationship, but we're just not saying yeah. we can judge that she is from the offset. Yes. But I do think at the same time, I think there's like two different things. One, it's annoying people jumping to that, but but two, as I just said, it's kind of cute that people are just being yeah. like, "Is this all good? We're just checking." Because he has obviously been quite erratic in like recent the recent past. Yeah, and if he it got was your girlfriend, so you'd yeah. be like. Okay, we're checking in every day. We're getting yeah. voice notes. We're, yeah, 100%. How are you really doing? How are you really doing? She calls Esther Perel. <laughs> 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 
my my husband makes me wear a body stocking every day. He makes he make, changes what color stockings he wants me to wear. <laughs> And, you know, sometimes he'll make me pose on the street, take photos. He's obsessed with women's clothes. Yeah. He <laughs> loves fashion, but he's just not that good at it. That's kind of always been his, his like, Achilles heel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, to round things off nicely, we're going to do our little <laughs> end of the pod Taylor Swift update. Yes. She's for sure dating a man, which obviously is bad, bad, bad news for me. You Upsetting texted me and said heterosexuality is the devil on her shoulder. Couldn't agree more. A, a football player, though. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, like a football player. We're going from bad to worse. Matt, what's that guy's name? Matt Healy. Travis, Travis Kels or something. Kelsey. She she literally met, she would have met him like two weeks ago. And then she was at a, one of his games in the box with his mum. I was like, we're She's not at the mum stage. Yeah, yeah. She's feeling very free at the moment, it seems. I think she's just following. She's doing whatever she wants, which is nice. Yeah, I think with Joelle, when he probably made her feel lame for wanting to be famous or caring about being famous, and now she's being like, I actually love it. I'm just going to do it heaps. <laughs> You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like doing these public performative, like the walks with Sophie Turner and the being photographed at the, you know, I think maybe she's just. Everyone, she's also on a high right now, <laughs> which like <laughs> she should know better than anyone else. Is There's like only one way to go. <laughs> and that's like, I'm just like, she has had so many highs and lows <laughs> and where people love her and then hate her because she's too in everyone's face. And right now mm-hmm. everybody loves her. We love her. We love her. But. I don't know. There's only so so much more the public will take before they'll just turn against you and be like, your smiley face is annoying us. I know. Isn't it terrible? The tide is turning with me because she's with dating a man. I said to someone over the dinner table, I was like, well, I wouldn't be as annoyed about this if she wasn't, um, if she wasn't queer baiting so much. And he was like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> And I was like, I was like, well, she sang fucking Maroon on Carly Kloss's birthday, sang it again the next the night she was in the stadium in LA. I was like, what's with that if you're had a bisexual flag dress made? Yeah, I'm like, what's with that if you're just gonna date another man? Like such a bloke. A football. I don't know that much about him except that he was on SNL and I remember being like, Who is this guy? and finding him quite charming. Yeah, he seems charming. But it, like yeah. charming in the way that all of those football players seem charming because you just expect them to be super macho. And then when they show a little bit of like having some kind of emotional intelligence, we give them so much. We're that like, is Wow. So true. That <laughs> the is best so man who's true. ever existed. Because he has muscles and also like knows his star sign. Yeah, that's yeah. The bar's way too low. But why? He must be so famous if he was hosting SNL because there's a lot of footballers. Is he like yeah. the best one? <laughs> I don't know. The only footballer I know of is Tom Brady, and that's because of his gorgeous, beautiful ex-wife. I know. Ugh, why didn't she marry him? It bothers me. Yeah, I don't yeah. think people will be like all aboard. This is a lasting romance. No, it's also cute for her to just – I love I love that she's just publicly, like, going to a game and having a fling and just being, like, whatever. 
it's like the Imrata vibe of getting single and just going on dates and being really public about it because it's just like, well, what am I going to do? Try and hide and it's not going to work anyway. It's almost like she's testing the public. Everyone gave her so much shit 10 years ago for just going out and being young and dating mm-hmm. and told her to go back in her box. And now she's almost like testing the public's appetite for it again. And we all need to react differently this time and not be dicks about it. But we also don't have to care that much. Yeah, no, exactly. Being that famous is crazy. Like, imagine just going to a football game and it just causes, like, it's the global news cycle for multiple days. Mm -hmm. And then people start to be like, I'm seeing this girl everywhere, you know? And you're just like, I just went went from my house to a game. Like, (laughs) I'm not everywhere. Crazy. I sound like Meghan Markle. I've been nowhere. I've just been in the palace. There's no one, there's no one more famous than pop stars. Which I was thinking the other day. I was just, I was like, just the kind of fever around them. Fervor? <laughs> what is that word? Either. Either or. Both work. Um, around them is absolutely wild. And I feel like it's because obviously actors are acting to be a different person, whereas pop stars are themselves. And then they're singing about things that you then put your own shit onto. So you listen to a song mm-hmm. and you're like, I feel this in so many ways because of my specific circumstance. And then you just get crazy obsessed. Like there's just no one more famous than all of those pop stars. Mm-hmm. No one more hunted. Beyonce, Rihanna, Taylor Swift, Selena Gomez, Ariana Grande. Yeah. Although I wouldn't care if I saw, or like my like Miley. There's so many. Although I wouldn't care if I saw. I mean, I'd I'd I'd, I'd make note of it if I saw Ariana Grande. But like those people just don't really. <laughs> I guess it's just specific to your fan base. I was also finding it funny how um, Olivia Rodrigo is so famous, but also kind of not that interest. It was kind of not that she's so famous and so pretty and so stylish and she makes good music, but she just kind of seems to not be hitting in the same way. But maybe I'm just old. I think the new album from what I've listened to, it didn't have like that cut. You know how Taylor Swift, it's just ba- like a banger after like banger after b- her output is just nuts in terms of like how many instantly recognizable songs. I feel like I've never proactively listened to a Taylor Swift song in my life. And I must know, like if you played them 35 of her songs or something. She leans into like being the pop star. Whereas I think Olivia Rodrigo, which is really odd, honorable is trying to make different music very good like she's like inspired by Alanis Morissette and she knows a lot Mm -hmm. about that kind of like that kind of music which is not pop bangers in the same way yes I think it's cool but I guess it makes her less cult but that's also probably not what she's after anyway it seems like all of the people who are on that level this will be an interesting thing because people like Selena Gomez and Ariana Grande and Miley Cyrus, they have this like core fan base of people that grew up watching them every single day on Disney Channel, of which I'm not one. So I don't understand the obsession around a lot of these people. But that is like a monoculture thing where they will never not be famous because just too many people watched those TV shows. But I feel like we don't really have that kind of thing so much now where everyone's watching the exact same thing so who will be the people with that level of like longevity mm. in 10 15 years time yeah 
Yeah, everything feels so subculture now. Like, I just forget people mm. exist. Like, I forgot Emma Chamberlain literally forgot that girl exists. Did. Mm. Until someone mentioned mm-hmm. her name the other day. And I was like, oh, yeah, what's she up to? Like, there's, like, too many people. Yes. That's what's amazing about the Supermodels doc, which we're going to talk about on Patreon. But it feels like that will never happen again in some mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. That moment, which is very nostalgic. Um, yeah, speaking of, shall we retire? I can't remember how we used to say bye on this. I'm always like, um, okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, girls. Bye, girlies. Bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.